Ready. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. I am here doing an awesome one-on-one with a gentleman named Juan. He reached out to me via Instagram, and we've been going back and forth chatting, and he hired me to do a one-on-one, and I'm honored to be able to help people across the world get better in the car business and uh, excel in their careers and really set a good foot forward and, and really do good. So Juan, why don't you introduce introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your dealership and how long you've been in the car business. Well, my name is Juan Moreno. I work at Salt Lake Valley uh, Chrysler Dodge Ram Jeep. Um, I've been in the in the sales business for five weeks, a month now. Um, before that, I was in the mechanical side of business and decided to move on to sales, um, hopefully to make more money and to save my body from the strain. So, yeah, I've always been around cars my entire life. It's my passion, and now I'm I glad um, I'm happy to be in a position where I can help someone get into a car that they love. So yeah, that's pretty much about me. Very cool. Now you said how long have you been selling? Uh, a month now. Just finished up my first month. Very cool. And how do you like it so far? Oh, I love it. I love it. It's it's definitely a change of pace. It's um it's it's a little bit of a learning curve, especially from someone who doesn't come from a sales background. Uh, but so far I'm loving every single aspect of it. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. And and I always say this in my podcast when people are listening, and I'm gonna say it to you, Juan. Kudos to you for already seeking out next level training in your only one month in the in the car business, you know. Um, a lot of people they'll get some training from their dealership, from their managers, from coworkers, and they don't know because they're they're new to the car business. They don't know if it's good training, correct training. You know, you're hearing it from somebody that's been in the car business for, for 10 years and they're older than you and they're more mature. So that's gotta be correct, right? Because that's how it was for me. I thought, well, he's older than me. He's been in the car business longer. This is the right way to sell cars. And then as I progress in the car business, I think back now, I'm like, that was wrong. <laughs> I, I couldn't even say those things now that I did back in the day. So kudos to you for, for finding a podcast. I'm just happy it was mine. And now you're doing a one-on-one training after a month. So very, very cool, Juan. And you're in Salt Lake City, Utah, right? Yes, sir. Very cool. You guys getting some cold weather today? Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually snowing right now. <laughs> it's fun I'm, walking I'm, a lot in the middle of a snowstorm. Oh yeah, I've driven through that that city. It's a beautiful city, and uh, and it's a big city, and very cool. So you you sell Jeeps, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, just uh, all all the Chrysler products except Fiat and Maserati, um, and some use inventory, but we're mostly uh, a new car uh, store. Mostly new. Okay, that's where I started. Was in the new car side. That was my bread and butter. And um, it wasn't till later in my career where I started selling used cars more than new. So this will be good for you because new cars is uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to sell them. And it's an honor to be able to help people spend, just like you said, one of the key points you've already said is I get to help people. That's the right mentality. Yeah, you're going to make a bunch of money on the way, but people that are willing to help and that's what their focus is. I want to help people. And yes, the return is I make a bunch of money. But if you go into the mindset genuine and, and you want to help people, those are the customers that see that and they come back later for more cars from you. Then you build a giant clientele 
next thing you know, you're not taking ups anymore. You sit there and answer calls because you got hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people wanting to buy cars from you. But we need to figure out how to get you there first. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you gave me four categories. They're great categories. Um, I have them written down here. Setting appointments, I'm guessing over the phone or 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 email, but mostly by the phone. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of issue. Um, you know, as it's starting out, you don't get that many leads that could lead anywhere. So all the phone calls that I've been making, I've just been having a hard time trying to sell that appointment, uh, finding ways to get people to call me back. Because a lot of times when I call through the dealer system, they just ignore the call. Yeah, that happens. And then you said getting leads through Facebook. So selling on, selling on and through Facebook, uh, getting customers into the showroom, I'm guessing from the car lot, they're outside and you want to get them in to work a deal. Mm -hmm. And then not being able to qualify the customer for the right car. They, they're, they might be picking out too much car for what they can actually get approved for. So we'll cover all those topics, but let's talk about um, setting appointments over the phone. Where do you feel like Juan, you're losing losing them? At what point of the conversation? Do you make the phone call or they call in? Where where do you feel like you're struggling? So I, when they do answer, um, I basically ask, it's, it's customers who have been, who were in the market before, but like I said, I'm just getting leads that have been gone cold. And I basically just ask them if they're still on the market, if um, there's a specific vehicle that they're looking for. And a lot of the time, the ones, the people who do answer, they're looking for a very specific vehicle that we don't have. So I'm having trouble going from there. Yeah. So <clears throat> certain inventories are tough right now, especially if they're looking for a, a particular RAM, you know, that, that you may not have in stock. Um, so you're calling a customer that's gone cold, that's been in the lead system before, and you're struggling to get them in. Exactly. Okay. So let's. Let's put you in the customer's shoes, right? And you got a call from from a random person that works at a, a, a business establishment that you've been to before, you know, a store that you've that you've gone to in the past and maybe you just looked around a shoe store or a furniture store and now someone's calling you. If they were in the market to buy the furniture when you called them, they probably would have already been coming in and calling you. So so asking if they're in the market to buy may not be the right way to start the conversation. All right, just checking if you're in the market. No, I'm not really in the market. Call, uh, I'll let you know when I'm in the market, right? So what you got to do when you're making calls is you got to say something that perks their interest, you know? Um, and you have to have something that that is so valuable that they want to actually come in. Because when you call them and say, hey, are you in the market? Do you have a, it, let's say they say yes. Do you have a, a, a follow-up question? Where do you go from there if they say, yeah, I was thinking about maybe looking at a car in the future? Uh, well, usually we put in the the vehicle of interest in their, little, in their profile. Um, so, and then usually that vehicle's in stock. So um, I just tell them that we just got a fresh set of, uh, let's just say gladiators in stock. Is there a specific trim or model, that, any specific features that they're looking for in one? And from there, they either tell me exactly what they want or aren't too sure. Um, and then I can let them know that if they want to come in, we can take a look at, at some, find out exactly what they want. Yes. So so let's let's pause right there and, and break down what you what you said. So you called the customer, hey, this is Juan over at SLV, right? That's the short term. Yeah. 
SL yeah. Dodge. And uh, I saw that you had some interest in some vehicles here on our lot about six months ago. And I was just wondering if you might if you might be in the market now. Oh, you are? Okay, what were you looking for? Yeah, we're thinking about getting a Gladiator. Okay, now this is what you said. Then I ask them, what are they looking for in a Gladiator? Okay, so when you ask a question like that, you're literally giving them um, like an uh, like an open menu to build a vehicle. And so, so what's going to happen is they're going to build a vehicle, just like you said, they want something very specific that we don't have in stock because you asked the question that made them, you made them narrow it down to what they want. And then you look in there and be like, well, I don't have any white ones with, with brown leather with the 8.4 inch screen that doesn't have the nav. Um, and you said you wanted the color matching fender flares with the, uh, like a Sahara package, right? So you asked them what exactly they're looking for. They told you what they were looking for, and now you don't have that exact thing in stock. So now when you say, well, I don't have that, but I got a black one with black interior. Oh, no, we don't like black. And so now they're on the, the wish list in your computer system looking for a white Sahara Gladiator with uh, brown leather with the 8.4-inch screen. And, you know, so now you're just, they're, they're back to being cold again. Mm -hmm. You see how that happened? Okay, so when you're calling a customer and you're cold calling and you're saying, hey, I saw that you were interested in a vehicle six months ago and uh, we've gotten so much stock in that it was kind of a surprise. And I wanted to reach out to people that were kind of first in line. I saw you look six months ago and I want to give you the first opportunity. Were you still looking for a vehicle? Yeah, we're looking for a Gladiator. Okay, there's a truck that just landed with a batch of Gladiators. I don't know the colors, I, they're still wrapped up. I don't know anything about them. Uh, are you nearby to come check them out? Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. you're leaving, I call it the carrot, right? You're leaving something out there for their mind to think, oh, I hope they got a white one. Well, guess what happens when you don't have the white one with brown, but they're at the dealership looking at six brand new gladiators? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to check them out check them out and end up loving them yeah <laughs> and that's when Juan gets to go to work okay you, you is, aren't these so beautiful you didn't even ask the question you're looking for what color are you looking for mm -hmm. oh yeah here the, here are the five that I mentioned looks like there's a black one a candy blue one or you know whatever their names are Dodge always had or Ram and Jeep always have crazy names yeah. um which are cool colors and then you can show them and then they get to get excited because now they're in the store, right? They're in Toys R Us and they get to touch the Jeeps and touch the toys. And what's this button do? And then you can get them on a test drive and then you can at least better the chances of you selling them. But I always say, I always say this, and it's not to offend anybody, but if you ask silly questions, you're going to get a silly answer. So if you ask the question that makes them narrow down what they're looking for in the Gladiator, then they're going to give you a silly answer of, I, I don't got that in stock. I'll keep an eye out for you, though. Okay, mm -hmm. thanks. Yeah, Juan, give me a call. Then they go back on the cold list and you forget about them for six months. Or you make it seem like something special's happened. And you, then you get them in. You don't tell them the colors because you don't know, right? You probably do know what colors there, there are. You've already checked them out because you're excited about your product. But you don't got to tell them we got a white one, we got a blue one, we got a red one, we got a black one, and we got a, an orange one. What color are they going to say? Well, we want a gray or silver. Don't got that one. I'll keep you on the list. They're always going to say some objective over the phone. Mm -hmm. 
So the, the carrot is a very important part of trying to get a person in from a phone call. Okay. So what kind of carrots do you think that you could say over, over a phone call to get them in as an appointment? Maybe building off what I just said, like, okay, we got five in on a truck. I don't even know the color yet. Um, I know a lot of people are interested in, in trade-ins. I, uh, I usually, um, every two days or so, I go in, into the, our trade-in lot and I take a look and see what we got. Um, and then sometimes when they're looking for maybe a renegade, I offer a similar model, which would be the compass. Um, just say we don't have a renegade. I would be like, well, we have a compass that's very similar in size, but has a little bit, yeah, a little bit more features. Um, and that's what I would say normally. Yeah. So, so let, let, let's say on the trade-in part, um, we just got a fresh batch of trade-ins. And I don't know if there's a renegade back there. I was back there earlier today, but there's so much action at our dealership. There's salesmen here and used car this and people moving cars around. I don't know if I got exactly what you're looking for, but when I was scrolling through the lot on the golf cart or walking through the lot, I saw cars that were the same size as the renegade. There was, I think, a compass. There was a couple other things, but it's worth at least stopping by the dealership and looking at, right? When can you come in? At what time? What time are you off work? You off at five? Okay, perfect. Uh, can I count on you to come in at 530 to come take a look at these? Do you see the passion I'm using in my voice? Right? If mm -hmm. I can get Juan on a one-on-one -on -one right now, and I can use this kind of passion, and you use the same passion with your customer that is looking for a vehicle, right? They've told you, hey, if you can find a renegade, call me. And then you can tell them, hey, there's a bunch of trade-ins. I just came back in for my days off. There's a bunch of stuff in. When can you come in and take a look? I don't know if I have a renegade. There's been so much action around the dealership. When can you come in? In their mind, you're painting a picture of like a Black Friday event. Mm -hmm. And when, what happens on Black Friday? There's so much urgency. Like, oh, I don't want to miss out. I better get down there and buy it. Juan, my guy, told me to get down here. And then what I've always done with my customers, if, if I can get a, a, a small commitment for them to come in after work, I said, okay, I'm going to log you in my system as an appointment. The moment I hit enter on my appointment, my manager gets notified. Can I count on you to come in at 530 so my manager's not grinding me at 530? Juan, can I count on you? Yes, you can. All right. <laughs> now, what are the chances when I get a customer to say, can I you know, agree to count it on you? What are your chances of that appointment showing up? And they greatly increase. Big time, because they've made a commitment. Not everyone keeps their word right? Not everyone is like me and you that, hey, we're here at seven and we're doing our one-on-one, -on -one, right? Right on time. So there's going to be people that maybe take advantage of that. They're not going to, they ghost you. But for the most part, if you can get a commitment over the phone, hey, the moment I hit enter on this appointment, my manager gets a notification. Can I count on you to come in so I don't look like I'm making a fake appointment? Can I count on you, Juan? You can. All right. But the passion I'm using in my voice it only works if you're if you if you talk like that. If you're on the phone and you're timid, hey Bill, yeah, this is Juan over at SOV Dodge. I saw that you're looking at a, a Gladiator a few months ago. Are you still in the market? Nah. Well, we have some good incentives. Like you're like climbing to and 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 everything's falling on that phone call. But but if you say, hey, a bunch of Gladiators just came in. I saw your name on my list to call. 
and this was six months ago you're in and i want to give you the first crack at it because there's a frenzy right now for these five gladiators when can you get here and you build that urgency so the carrot on an appointment is i don't even know what colors came in i'm just calling you when can you get down here they so now they're curious did the right one come in now if they narrow it down well i want to know what colors you have before i come in okay fair enough i'll get you that information you're not going to play the carrot game anymore Mm -hmm. The guy really wants to know what color. So you're going to tell him, uh, but how fast can you get in? So you need to build that urgency. Okay. Now, a lot of people will say on the phone, well, get me your best price. Common, right? Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Customer on these new car vehicles, these new vehicles, there is what I call a plethora of incentives. And there's not one actual avenue that, that will have the best price because there's different interest rates, there's different rebate programs, there's different incentives. They have uh, first responder incentives, they got military incentives. I need you here and I need a VIN picked out. Then I can work your deal. The best deal is in the showroom. When I can tell my manager, I got a customer over here that's making a fair and reasonable offer. This is what he wants on for the, for the Gladiator. Can we do it? If you're here doing that, I promise you I'll get the best the best deal possible. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You got to give them a reason to come in. They will not come in and show up for your appointment or even set an appointment unless you have a reason for them to come in. And our incentives are all VIN specific. Right? So and I need to run I need to run your address through our system, the you know that when I type in the incentives, it asks for your zip code. There's a lot of things that go on. And if you want truly the best price and I want to give you the best price and best deal, I need you here. By the way, do you have a trade-in? You switch it up real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a trade-in. Oh, perfect. We need trade-in so bad. The used car manager was just asking about trade-ins. When can I see your trade-in? The, the whole conversation is not trying to figure out what he wants, figure out what color, figure out. That can be done in the dealership. The whole point of that call is not to try to sell the car. The whole point of your call is to build hype, build urgency, and get them in the door. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. You see how that works? Mm -hmm. Now, if I let's say I made a video on, on my Instagram and you saw it, and I said, hey, I'm retiring from car sales training. I'm, I'm going to retire, right? I'm only going to do three one-on-ones left. That's it. Three one-on-ones at my super price. If you were in the market at some, and you were thinking about delaying till the first of the year, you'd be like, he's going to retire. He's not going to do car sales. Call him. Mm -hmm. hey, did you fill in those three spots yet? Urgency. Right? Yeah. When you listen to my podcast, did you hear that I only had a few slots left for season four? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Okay. Now, was that a sales tactic on my part? No, I wasn't trying to be a sales tactic there. I truly only have three slots left, mm -hmm. right? So this, it wasn't a tactic. It, it was a fact. But it got, did it build urgency? Did you feel some urgency to sign up quickly? No, yeah. And it was, the, um, I felt like as the month progressed, I was trying to find questions and things I needed to improve on so I could get that spot. Okay, so urgency, you see how it works? Yeah, yeah. And if you're not building it with with true passion in your voice, then you're not going to be able to get those appointments. You'll get you're going to get some of the appointments, which will be the easier ones. Those are the ones that anybody could call. You know, I could have my 14 year old daughter call. Yeah, we got some gladiators in. Would you like to come in? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting. That's the easy one. Those are the ones you log in. Customer will be here at four. Boom. It's those mm -hmm. other ones that you got to talk to talk them into it 
those are the ones that most salesmen are missing out on because you got to put that extra work in it, right? The extra sweat to get that customer in. That's where passion, the tone of your voice, that power, like, man, you got to get in here. When can you get in here? You're almost acting, right? Acting classes mm -hmm. almost. Building the urgency, putting that carrot act out there. And the best deal is in the showroom. You got to be here. Do you have a trade? Oh, perfect. My manager's looking for trade-ins. He just asked about mm -hmm. trade-ins. What do you got? O3 Focus, perfect. We need fuel savers. Mm -hmm. H2 Hummer, perfect. We need big, big vehicles. Uh, Expedition, perfect. We need three rows. You can literally say perfect to any vehicle. Toyota Prius, perfect. We need a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Right? What about, I want you to do the perfect. Uh, I have a Dodge Challenger. Perfect. We need sports cars. Oh, oh almost fell out of my chair right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, yeah, I got a uh, lifted F-150. Perfect. We need, we need mud trucks. Yeah, we need some big trucks. Oh, yeah, I have a, uh, I have a, a 2015 uh, Jeep Compass. Perfect. We need small, uh, small uh, CUVs. Yeah, four-wheel drive little SUVs or CUVs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have a, uh, a special edition uh, Gladiator. Perfect. We need more Jeeps. With a Hemi swap. Oh, man. <laughs> Perfect. We love custom vehicles. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Hey, I uh, Juan, I got it. It's an old one, but I got a 1999 Honda Civic. It only has 70,000 miles. Perfect. We need classics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's weird when a 1999 is a classic, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it classifies as a classic. You see how you got to be quick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't be like, well, tell me about your F one fifty, right? Now you're now you're trying to build a deal over the phone. You can't do that. Perfect, man. Get that. When can we see your truck? My manager was just asking about lifted F one fifties, lifted Chevys. Get in here. When can I? When can you get in here? Five thirty. Okay. Now when I hit enter on the the appointment button, my manager gets a notification, and I don't want to look like a fool. Can I count on you, Juan, to get here at five thirty? Yes, you can. Oh yes. Boom. Enter. Boom. I appreciate it, Juan. I can't wait to meet you. Are you going to be coming with anybody or is it by yourself? I'll be coming with my wife. Woohoo. Do you guys have any particular drinks that you like? Non-alcoholic, of course. Any Pepsis or Cokes or anything weird like that? I'm a Pepsi man myself. What about your wife? She prefers Coke. Okay. I'm going to have an ice cold Pepsi and an ice cold Coke ready for you at 530. Appreciate it, man. I can't wait to see you. Perfect. Can't wait to see this. Dude, do you think that guy's going to show up? Yeah, yeah. There, There is no way uh, uh, a normal human being is going to let Juan go buy a Pepsi and a Coke for him and his wife and then not show up. I guarantee you he's going to be like, honey, we got to get over there. What's the big hurry? I, I, my guy over there, Juan, I, he's got a surprise for us, right? So passion, it, it boils down to passion, being genuine and really trying to help people. But not get not getting over not getting into a a walk around or a product knowledge thing over the phone. Your phone call is only about an appointment and building excitement. You got to get them over that excitement hill to get them in the dealership. Okay, mm -hmm. appointments are very important because I ask my sales guys, hey, get on the phone and get some get some people in here. We're not getting a lot of traffic. There's snow all over the place. Yeah. The only way you're going to get a deal today is not by ups. It's by phone calls, by internet leads. Get on the phone and do something. But if I'm not telling them how to do it, like I'm training you, then they won't mm -hmm. know what to do. But now you know, okay? Yeah. 
my question to you, Juan, has, have you ever tried some of this stuff or have you done similar things? No, no, I've been really timid over the phone. Um, and I've, I've, I've gotten interest in some people, but like you said, I didn't build the hype and I was just explaining what we had in inventory and just getting objections left and right. I found the perfect truck for this guy, but it was a, a long bed and he wanted a short bed. And I found that truck for him, but it was a mega cabin. Yeah. So, so, so what you can do, especially if they live in your area, right? If it's a guy in Montana that's seven hours away, you're not going to be able to just get them in to look at vehicles. Mm -hmm. but let's talk about the majority of people, right? You don't got to tell the guy it's a long bed or short bed. Just get them in. To be honest, they just took it to service. They're doing their inspection. Then it goes to detail. I'm not going to see this thing until like tomorrow. But I don't want you to miss out on it. Whether it's a long bed or short bed, just get in here and take a look. You don't have to buy it. I'm not asking you to buy it. Just take a look at it. And when he gets there and he wanted a short bed, but it's a long bed, he might go, it might work still. Let's go drive it. So you bettered your odds. If you don't get them in, you have a 0% chance of selling them, right? So you just got to get them in and you got to just figure it out. You just got to get them in. Okay, Juan. So let's break down the appointments before we move on. You need to build a friend over the phone by finding something in common with them. We didn't cover that too much, but when I call Juan and I say, Hey, are you local? Yeah. Okay. You live, how long have you been here? Excellent. Well, the reason for my call, you build a little bit of rapport, mm -hmm. build a friend, build an urgency. Oh, there's people all over the place like black Friday, right? Even though there's yeah. three customers in the whole dealership, they don't need to know that. Okay have the carrot i don't even know what cars came on the truck but you were the first guy i wanted to call because you put in an inquiry six months ago and i want to get you down here um and then built and then ask for the um the commitment can i can i um get your commitment to come in or or uh what was i saying earlier i already forgot the word uh can i count on you yeah you get you a pepsi and a coke can i count on you okay i'm gonna hit the enter button on my appointment and they'll come in so build a friend build urgency have the carrot be an expert but don't try to sell the car over the phone and be someone that can really help them when they when when they're calling in or when you're calling them yeah mm -hmm. uh, i've been here for only a month but i know my product i know what i'm doing and really learn your product one okay how much horsepower does a hemi have right now uh which which one we have a couple <laughs> Let's say an e-torque Hemi on, on a, in a half ton. E-torque. Um, got me that one. I, I didn't know the e-torque one. Okay, what about just a regular Hemi in a half ton? Uh, I think it makes 360 horsepower. Okay, now if when you say, I think it makes, that tells mm -hmm. me as a customer that you don't know. Yeah. Now, customers will give you one or two I don't, I don't knows. After that, you lose all credibility. They'll give you one or two of those. That's it. Especially selling a $80,000 Challenger wide body, you know, Ghost. Yeah. Well, those are probably like 300000 with the markup. Who knows? But you've got to know your stuff. So after the training, start learning your product to where you don't have to be timid. Ask mm -hmm. me a question. What do you want to know? That's who Juan needs to be. Yeah. What's the power of an e-torque? Oh, it's 425. What's the pulling capacity of it? Oh, it's 12,500 pounds with a 373. Now you can't get a four 410 in a half ton e-torque i told you that right mm -hmm. you need to yeah. be that guy you don't need to spew out the information but you got to be able to answer any question you're okay. the product specialist if you want to get paid like a top dog then you need to be a top dog and top dogs know their product top dogs know all that stuff okay
So be an expert for them. Okay, they got to see value into coming to your dealership. When you get here, you'll get the best price, I promise, because we got to run a, a VIN specific on your address, your, your name even. Um, did you know that about incentives? No, I, I didn't. I my my dealership is actually a volume mostly store, so all of our inventory is already discounted. Um, but I didn't know that the VIN specific ones. Yeah, so so I'm a sales manager, right? So I do all the incentives, I do all the rebates for my new cars. I do them all. I do all the new cars at my dealership. And when I put in the customer's information to check on rebates, it asked me for their first and last name. It asked me for their zip code and the VIN number. The reason why is because certain um, area codes, zip codes, have certain incentives. <laughs> the incentives in Salt Lake City may be different than the incentives in Coeur d'Alene where I live because it's a it's a uh, area specific by the zip code. So when you're talking with a customer, you can tell them that, listen, it's a, it's a zip code specific, it's bin specific. When you get here, I will get you the very best price possible. I just need you here so I can show my boss I'm working a deal. You'll get everything mm -hmm. I can give you. I promise you that. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Getting leads through Facebook. This one's a little easier because we do this quite a bit at our store. Uh, was it last month or November? We 18% of our sales were through Facebook leads. If we sell 150 cars, you do the math of how many Facebook deals we've done. And this is without boosting our posts. This is free posting on Facebook Marketplace. So are you are you a member in your Salt Lake City of multiple um, Facebook, uh, what do they call it, groups? Yeah, I just joined uh, a lot of Jeep groups, some Mopar groups, the Salt Lake City um, buy, sell, and trade, and marketplace, yeah. Okay, so there, there's going to be some specialty uh, groups like off-road off -road guys or, you know, four-wheel drive, this and that. Those guys want to see stuff like you went to Moab and you climbed the, the giant lines back, mm -hmm. okay? They're not. So when you go to post, you know that you can post in multiple marketplaces at one time. Yeah, I've been doing that. OK, you can post in, I think, 21 at one time. But you need to put the majority of your posts in the buy and sell, buy and trade. The local stuff, OK, mm -hmm. and then maybe reach a few outsides. So you need to you need to join 21 of the buy and sells. But here's where a lot of salespeople make mistakes. And when you're when you're reviewing this video, come back to this point. You'll probably watch it a few times. I'll watch this a few times. But when you go to post a vehicle, do not let them know you work at the dealership. Do not let them see the plates on the vehicle with a little your little mm -hmm. SLV. You have to funnel everyone that sees your post to you. Message me. My cell number. Don't put your email. Juan Moreno at SLV Dodge, you know, no. Mm -hmm. So what where the mistake happens is, let's say a really cool challenger comes in on trade. And it's a kind of a one of a kind, low miles. It's an 09 with 38,000 miles. If you post that on your marketplaces, all 21, and the people know that it's a dealership car, they're not going to call you. Mm -hmm. They're going to bypass Juan like that. They're going to call the dealership. And say, hey, is that vehicle available? The 09, I think I saw it on Facebook with 20,000 miles. And you're going to hear the salesman down the office making your sale from your post. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So when you're posting right now, do you have anything that shows that you're a dealership? No, I take my uh, take my cars to a neighborhood behind me. I have a little spot behind the house where it looks like it's just on the side of the road in front of a house. And before I post them, I, I edit the pictures and color in the, the license plate. Okay, so there's no way that when I see your post on, on there, um, I'll know it's a dealership? No, no, I made sure of Boom. that. Now, the second mistake a lot of salespeople make is they put every piece of information they can on that on that posting. And it doesn't leave any room for questions from the for the customer to put in an inquiry. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you post a vehicle, what what kind of things do you put in the description? So I put in the mileage. Um, I have a very brief description of let's just say I, I recently posted an accord. I put in great, uh, great gas mileage roomy has apple carplay and then please message me with any questions with a little smiley face um at the end okay cool so um you don't want it to be too vague but you don't want to be too inform informative where they don't need you mm -hmm. so one of the one of the things that we do on our website if a vehicle has over a thousand a hundred thousand miles on it we don't post the miles on the website okay what do you think happens on our web when we when uh, they see that vehicle? What's the first thing they want to do? Look at the mileage, and they don't see it. So what's their next step? They click away from it, or oh no, from not seeing the mileage. Yeah, they, they want to inquire more more about it. Exactly. So start toying with, you know what? On this particular post, I'm going to take the miles out. I'm going to make it look like I forgot. At the bottom of your post, you can put, hope I didn't forget anything on here. Well, what what do you think is going to happen when someone reads your description and, and you at the very bottom say, hope I didn't forget anything on here? What are they going to feel inclined to do? Ask me about the mileage or whatever questions they have. Yeah, they're going to say, oh, you did, for, you forgot something. You put, you forgot the miles. What's the miles? And now you have a connection with that stranger. And now you can put what I call the hooks in. Yeah, when you want to see it, things nice. And then you can start telling them about Apple CarPlay and this and that. So keep it. Don't sound like a salesman on Facebook. Just pretend, you almost have to pretend like you don't really know what you're doing when you're posting the vehicle, but you don't want to look like an idiot, idiot either. Mm -hmm. Like you just stumble on Facebook and you somehow got a picture on there. You want to have pictures of the car like you're really trying to sell it. Put your information and maybe put at the bottom. I hope I didn't forget anything on there. Call or message me. Put your info. Soon as they see that there's no miles, they're going to inquire. Oh, you did forget something. You forgot the miles. What are the miles, by the way? Oh, they're eighty thousand miles. It's a nice car. Now you got the hooks in them. Okay, mm -hmm. so you don't want to put too much information, but you don't want to look like a doofus. But now, now where you can test things is on one post. Don't do the miles. See if you get inquiries on the miles. On the next post, vehicle. Don't put the year. Put the miles, but don't put the year, and start figuring out. Which one works the best to get people to, to inquire? Is it the, mm -hmm. missing the miles? It's probably missing the miles. Missing the miles, missing the year, you know, and then put at the bottom, hope I didn't miss anything. Message me if you have any questions. Here's my number. And I guarantee you'll start getting more inquiries on your Facebook. Mm -hmm. You'll start selling more because do you feel like if you can get your hands on somebody, you have a better shot at selling them? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I do, but I just haven't had the chance to get my talk to people yeah you so 
it's it's true for most salespeople. The hardest part is getting someone in front of you. Once you get someone in front of you, you're probably going to sell them if they have the buying power. Mm-hmm. But but the key is getting someone in front of you. So that's why making effective phone calls for your appointments. That's why posting stuff on Facebook with little little things that that get them to inquire. Okay, so so you need to try that. So you're already funneling stuff. Another thing that a salesman will will fail is they post the wrong stuff on on marketplace. Mm-hmm. What kind of vehicles do you post on marketplace? Only used vehicles. And uh, I, I caught myself posting like the higher end vehicles that we had. Uh, so now I'm trying to post some of the more budget friendly cars. Yep. $19.99 or less. $19,999 or less. So 20 grand or less. Uh, you know, you can throw some pizzazz in there, a $30,000 charger or a $50,000 Ram truck here and there. But for the most part, the reason why people go to Craigslist, they go to Facebook Marketplace is because they're budget-minded people. They don't want to go spend an arm and a leg somewhere. They don't have the money to, right? So they're going on the uh, place where they don't really want to shop, but they're hoping they run across the gym, you know, the diamond in the rough. Oh, man, what the heck is that? Call that guy, Juan. So it's the cheap stuff. Even if you think it's a pile of junk and you wouldn't drive it at all, post it. And I guarantee you there's a buyer for it. The cheaper, the better. So if you want to get units, you may not make a ton of money off Facebook Marketplace because you're selling a lot of cheaper units. But hey, I'd rather have uh, nine $500 vouchers instead of no $500 vouchers by not posting, okay? So keep them under 20 Another thing too is you have to constantly post. How how often do you post? Uh, I I try to post uh two cars a day, but I've recent, recently been trying to find. I found myself trying to get more ups, so I didn't get the chance to post as much as I wanted. Um, but usually I'm pretty good about posting two to three cars every day. Yeah, awesome. That's good to do. That and that's a good number. Two, three, four, whatever you can do. But you you also said a key point, focus on ups. Because the whole point of posting and the whole point of making calls is to get them on the lot. So that person that showed up, you abandon anything you're doing and you grab that customer because everything that you're doing at your desk and on your phone is to get a guy like that in the showroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so picking particular times to post is also key. Post before it gets busy and post when it's slow. Do not post in the middle of the day when ups can start coming because you're going to be like this and a guy's going to walk right by and grab another sales guy mm-hmm. you probably know that right it's kind of common sense yeah no and it's happened to me a couple of times where they were grinding on me to get on the phone and i as soon as i start hitting the calls some guy walks in and i didn't even see them and all i hear is one of my coworkers getting them and you and they sell them it, st- it stings the heart of a salesman when you miss that up when you've been watching the lot Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, we don't have the all seeing eye where we can see everything that's going to happen in the car business, but minimizing it is the key. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about it quite a bit, but the, uh, the, where I was going with posting a lot is that you'll start building a fan base there. You'll, you're going to start the algorithm of Facebook is going to start saying he marked this as sold. This guy's active, right? Oh, he marked this one. Don't delete your post. Mark him as sold. Don't delete him. Because you got to let the algorithm see that you're an active member. Websites and, and social media favor the active user. All of them do. If I post on TikTok every day and I boost it five bucks, 
guess what? I'm going to have a ton of people come to me because I'm so active. Same thing with Instagram and Facebook algorithms. So be active, mm -hmm. mark them as sold, not delete them and do it every day and be interactive. When people start inquiring and messaging you, the algorithm knows. Then you start building a huge fan base. Oh yeah, this guy always posts cool vehicles. Follow this guy. Look out for this guy, Juan, okay? And remember not to put in every piece of information. Leave something to the imagination so they so they want to call you. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Do you have any questions on the before we move on the Facebook or setting appointments? Uh, Ask away. I I think my biggest I probably when I post you used vehicles I mark them up by one or two thousand dollars depending on their blue book value. Um, just because I know that because coming I've sold a lot of cars on marketplace personal cars and people want to negotiate a car mm -hmm. and a lot of our cars are already reasonably uh, reasonably priced so i'm you know to an extent i'm trying to make a little bit of money yeah uh, but I, I think that. that i think that's biting me a little bit because people see that it's two thousand dollars above, above the value and then they want to talk to me uh, but then if i post the value of the car that we have it on our website and then they try to negotiate. I, I can't do anything. Right. What you could do is is do another a few little tests. Right. You, you we can test the market. Companies yeah. do it all the time. So Juan needs to do some testing. What you need to do is mark up a vehicle two or three grand and put on their OBO. Mm -hmm. Guess what's going to happen? Someone's going to offer you what what you're asking in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But at least you're throwing out there an OBO, right, or best offer. So maybe try posting one three grand up with an OBO, mm -hmm. post one two grand up with an OBO, post one one grand up with no OBO and see what yeah. happens, you know, mm -hmm. and then start figuring out, okay, if I don't put the miles, I get more inquiries. If I put 2000 up and I do OBO, I seem to be getting more offers. Okay. Something's starting to click and document mm -hmm. that stuff. Do you plan on staying in the car business a long time? I do. I do. I found myself really enjoying this business um and it it always seems like i can learn something every day and i i have a little notebook where i write down my goals on one page and then on the other ones after we close i write down what i did uh, and most specifically what i learned and what i'm going to do next time and i've noticed it's actually been helping me a lot good good so when you're doing these little tricks on facebook marketplace that i'm telling you document which ones are working if you plan on staying in the car business a long time start putting together a, a, a like a business plan that works for for one okay mm -hmm. hey if i do the 2000 obo and i don't put the miles boom money they're calling you know how much people would pay to know the information that you're going to do because you're going to put in the hard work to figure it out okay mm -hmm. anything on setting appointments at all no i think you covered it um I mean, there's that little niche of customers that have that already have a specific car set in mind and yeah. won't take any other vehicle for an answer. And a lot of our customers, we're a really small dealership. We don't do any marketing outside of the big billboards outside and our website. So a lot of the customers who put in inquiries already have a car in mind and they can clearly see all the discounts that we have. So, And it's really hard to battle them with something that they can buy versus something that they want yeah 
So, you know, you're going to have, there's going to be a percentage of people that are nearly impossible to please. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a percentage of people that no matter what Juan does, they, they ain't buying. They almost like, they like the, the, the feel of shopping. They, but they don't ever buy. Okay. Or they're the keyboard warriors. Well, that's 10 grand cheaper over here. Oh, really? Show me, right? There's going to be those people. You can't, if you could get them all, then you would sell 365 cars a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. No salesman that I know personally has sold 365 cars a year. So obviously there's people that just, no matter what you do, you can't sell. So don't beat yourself up and, and be too hard on yourself, but try to fine tune your craft on how to get these people in. If they have a specific vehicle in mind and they're offering you a specific amount, then what your next step is, is listen, I don't even know if I can get to that number, but I certainly know if you want that number, I need you in. If they're so refusing to come in, uh, uh, you probably weren't selling them anyway if you got them the number. Okay, well, thanks for doing exactly what I asked. I'm going to think about it. And you're like, what? I just yeah. need So you didn't have anything going into that lead. It's okay if you don't have anything coming out. But at least say the things to try to get them in. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you want that price, I need you here. My manager will probably be like, what? I, let me go talk to this person, right? And, yeah. and if you're here, he might do that price. But I, I promise you, we put our very best price up in, in the website and that's not the price you want. When can you come in? If they say, I'm not coming in unless you get the price and you know you can't get that price, you didn't lose anything because you didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. But at least you're trying to get them in. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that small percentage, like I said, that no matter what you do, you can't sell them. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's one that I took a long time for me to craft, how to get a customer into the showroom. So let's say you went on a test drive or when do you, well, obviously you get them in after the test drive. After your test drive, what 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 happens? Um, a couple of the times people fall in love with the car that I showed them uh, and it's, they tell me they want to come in. But a lot of the time they, get, like like you said in your podcast, it gets awkward. And then we do have a really nice coffee machine and I tried using that line of come in. We, we have a coffee machine that's, that works wonders. Um, but like sometimes they just don't buy and they don't want to come in. They just want to sit out there and look at the car more. You know what? Uh, some people are like that. They're about to spend and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. When I go look at a laptop, man, I look and think about it. I look and think about it. The the laptop I'm on, I'm on right now doing this podcast, I looked at for four months because I was trying to justify, am I going to spend $2,700 on an Apple laptop? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I had a, I had a build up to it. I had a build up to be able to spend 2,700. I've never spent that much. It's the most expensive electronic I've ever owned. It's not, and it's only 2,700 bucks. So imagine the guy that's about to spend 60 grand on a gladiator, right? It's, they need to stare at it for a little bit, but the, uh, the coffee trick I use so much and, but I wouldn't even tell him it was a coffee machine. I want to show you this machine I got inside. It costs eight grand. I want you to try it. Tell me what you think. That got him in. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've probably figured out how to do that. The other one is, like you said, they love the car. That's the easy one. Anybody yeah. could have got him in. That didn't take any skill. It it took skill to get him on a test drive and tell him the vehicle's features, but you didn't mm-hmm. have to do any work to close them to get in. You didn't build any experience there. They just followed you in. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get my favorite to 600, I'll take it. Okay. 
you're at 599 where do i sign right that didn't take any sweat from juan so what you got to do is when you have a customer that's very leery there's the reason why they're staying outside is because they know the last time they went into the dealership they made a bad decision and signed so they're deathly scared deathly afraid to come in because they don't want to uh, make that mistake again so you got to use the the word information instead of numbers did you hear this mm -hmm. podcast yet yeah i actually did but i until you mentioned it i it slipped my mind no problem so so i switched my verb if the coffee machine trick didn't work for me and they weren't an easy lay down i simply switched it to information and not numbers it works it works magic and the feedback i've gotten from salespeople across the world or at least the us now have said it worked i know it works because i used it for a lot of time so when they come in they get from the uh test drive and they're leery to come in like you're running into tell them hey not trying to sell you anything yet i'll put on that hat later right you have some fun but let mm -hmm. me get the, the rest of the information before you guys make any decisions to buy it or not to buy it to go home or to stay let me get you the rest of the information instead of saying you okay so let's go work the numbers and see if you guys want to take it home well last time they did that they bought and they made a huge mistake they were 10 grand flipped it took them 84 months to get out of the out, out mm -hmm. of that and they vowed to each other honey we're never doing that again and they got to that point again with you and they're like we can't go in honey because we know what's going to happen and that's when the information part comes in and you give them a slight loophole the loophole is i'm not asking you to buy anything I'm asking you to let me finish doing my job and get you the rest of the information to make an educated decision on whether to buy it or whether to walk away. Okay. If I were to tell you that one, Hey, so I have a, a level two advanced one-on-one -on -one training, mm -hmm. right? But whether you sign up for it or not, can I at least do my job and tell you about it? I would want to hear more about it. Yeah. Can I at least get you the information? And if you decide you want to do it or not, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. How can you say no to that? Yeah. You can't. And then you take down that defensive wall that they got burnt last time. It's gone. Whether you buy it or not, it's up to you. But let at least let me do the rest of my job because my manager's watching, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to obviously not use my exact words because I speak differently than you. But think of a verbiage and practice in your room right there after this podcast of what sentence flows out of Juan's mouth that can relate what I'm saying. Hey, whether you sign up for the next training or not, it's up to you. But at least let me do my job and tell you about it. That fair? That is fair. And then you can make a decision of whether you want to sign up or not. I don't mm -hmm. even have a level two training. I'm, I'm making that up right now on the fly. <laughs> But you see what it's doing. All I'm getting from Juan right now is this. <laughs> yeah. Am I closing Juan on a product I don't even have yet? Yeah. Yeah, you are. So so imagine if you did that to your customer. They're mm -hmm. going to be like, okay, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, Mr. Customer, do you want to make an edu educated decision or a rash decision? Juan, you're the customer. Do you want to make an educated decision or a, or a rash decision? Oh, I want to make an educated decision. Okay, so for you to make an educated decision, you have to have all the information in front of you, correct? Correct. Okay, so let's go inside. You, whether you buy it or not, let me at least do my job and get you that information. Mm -hmm. Now, don't wait until you're in front of a customer to say what I'm saying, Juan. You got to do what I did when I was on the sales floor, and I would talk to my, my kitchen table. 
I would talk to the wall. I would talk to the mirror because I didn't want to look like a fool in front of my customers. I wanted to sound just like this, right? Confident. I know what I'm talking about. Convincing, passion, energy. That's what Juan has to do. Mm -hmm. Could I get a sample of that out of Juan right now? So let, well, let me set it up. I just came back from the test drive mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what, Juan, I just, I don't know. You know, last time we bought a car, we just jumped into it and we we paid on that thing for 84 months. I had the title on it and I was still upside down. I just don't want to do that again. Well, I completely understand your position. Uh, I would love to give you some more information, make sure that you're okay with your decision. Um, if you come inside, I'll get you all that information that you need so you can make an educated decision and make sure this doesn't happen again to you. Because I personally wouldn't want that to happen to me. And I sure wouldn't want that to happen to you. Yeah. And whether you buy it or not, I just want to at least do my job and get you the information because my boss is watching. And I don't want him to say, well, where'd your customers go? They didn't get all, the, you know? So good, mm-hmm. good. That was a good flow. Now start practicing it over and over. Do you see how like crusty and, and rusty that sentence was for you? Yeah, it was it was a little difficult for me to like, come up as it went. Exactly. So, so if you don't practice it and you, and tomorrow you get in front of a customer and you try to say it, what's going to happen? But, I'm going to start stumbling. But, 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 but that's all, folks, yeah. right? So yeah. when the podcast is over or watch this again and, and when I, I'll send you the link and um, mm-hmm. practice how do I talk like Kyle? How do I talk like a professional? How do I get people to just start nodding? And I don't even know how to do it. It's like, what what just happened, right? So, yeah. so practice that, good. Okay, so more information, not work numbers. Work numbers sounds like, a, uh, like pulling teeth. And you gotta give them the loophole. The loophole is, hey, whether you buy it or not, at least let me get you the information, let me do my job. Mm-hmm. You see how that loophole lowers the wall? Yeah, yeah. Because what what you're giving them is a way out. But once they sit down, you show them the numbers, you got their credit, you've got their trade, you've got their registration, you made a copy of their driver's license, they're inclined to say yes because Juan's never done everything right. We got a good approval, our payment's pretty good. We got a decent amount on our trade. It's not exactly what we want, but what do you think, honey? Yeah, we might as well. All because you just wanted to get them more information. And all of a sudden they're signing. That is how car sales happen. That is how you get better and better. And then you can reflect on your day and be like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. And then when you get to that point, Juan, where you're flowing like the Mississippi River, that's when you start making bigger and bigger vouchers. Mm -hmm. That's when you sit down with your customer and and you show them, all right, so... The uh, price of the vehicle is $22,999. Here's our documentation fee that we have to pay the state and do all the title work, the DMV stuff. I wish that didn't exist, but it does. And then here's your tax. Uncle Sam gets his cut. And then here's your out the door, $27,998. You flip that page over and you say, okay, now what I'm going to do is break it down into payments. $60,72. Did you want to put any money down, Juan? Uh, I would not. I have excellent credit. Okay, so we're going to do zero down on it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is figure out, okay, what's your payment at 60? What's your payment at 72? What's your payment if your credit allows it to 84, if the bank says okay on 84? And then I'm going to have my finance guy or I'll come back with these payments in the interest rate. And then you can make a decision on on uh, if you want to buy the car or not, okay? Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Okay, what's your credit information? Did I give you an opportunity to negotiate? 
did not. No, yeah. I am the professional. And that's what you're going to be if you keep practicing at home and you keep role playing and you keep listening to the podcast and you and you stay out of the huddle and you listen to the guys that are selling 20 cars a month. Ooh, I'm going to use that. But the key is practice. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a fight? I have not. I have not. Okay. Do you have siblings? I have younger siblings. Have you ever fought with them? Can't say I have. <laughs> You're a good older brother. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm the one who keeps things peaceful. Keeps everyone in check. Okay, let me ask you this. Have you ever played sports? No. Gaming? Like... Yeah, I, I do game. Okay, what game do you like to play? Uh, Competition-wise, Call of Duty, and then just racing games. Okay, so, so do you see what just happened there? I literally... Mm -hmm ask questions and I got the right information I needed out of you. Okay. I asked questions and I got information out of you. Now I can build rapport on gaming with, with my buddy Juan here. Mm -hmm. Hey Juan. So you play call of duty. Do you play mobile or on PC or what do you play on? I play on Xbox. Xbox. Dang. Yeah. Did you ever play the halo uh, franchise? I did. I did. Yeah. Halo's awesome. Let me ask you a question. Juan. If you, never played halo and i put you into a, a a match with pros or guys that have played all the time how would you do probably wouldn't be the worst probably wouldn't be the best would you be number one i would not okay what about call of duty i know how fast-paced run and gun that game is okay if if you never played or you've only played an hour's worth of call of duty and you got in there with with guys that have been playing for ten thousand hours how would you do I would be at the bottom. So what does that tell you about the car business? If you want to be the best, you have to practice every day. Mm -hmm. And practice doesn't happen in front of the customer. That's that's go time. That's the show. Remember that episode? Or those I do episodes? remember that episode. People don't practice to go to the esports, the 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 top pinnacle gaming to battle, and they've never practiced. They do all the practice before the battle. Well, the battle is your customer when you're finally in front of a customer. So you have to practice before mm -hmm. and you're doing it and kudos to you for doing this. Right. But you, you got to practice before the big show. So that's where I was getting at with with basketball or fighting. A fighter can't enter the octagon of the UFC and never fought before. Mm -hmm. Maybe thousands of hours. Uh, a champion has to George St. Pierre has to practice before the 15 minute fight or 25 minute fight. That's showtime. So make sure you practice a lot. Okay. We'll do. And practice these verbiages. Okay. Another thing, too, is I'm going to use this garage sale analogy. And since you're a gamer, you'll get it. If you went to a garage sale and and uh some some lady was selling some stuff on there, and you're like, you know, let's stop. I got 20 bucks in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And you go there and she's selling an uh Xbox One or an Xbox S. I don't even know what model it is out right now. She's selling an Xbox, st still has the original box and has 30 games, a couple controllers and uh, memory cards or whatever. And she's asking 40 bucks, but you only have 20 on you. What are you going to do? I'm going to try to negotiate. But let's say she wants 40. No, mm -hmm. I, I'm only taking 40. My grandson said it's at least worth 40. And you know that it's an Xbox with 30 games and all the accessories. What are you going to do? Go get, uh, Go take out money from my bank to come buy that. And the whole time you're going to get money, what are you hoping? 
not that somebody doesn't take it. <laughs> exactly. You're sweating the whole time you're going to the bank and getting back, and you need that other 20. You're calling mm -hmm. people, hey, you hear me? Right? Can you hold this, Grandma? The reason why you want that so bad is because there's so much value in what she's selling. Mm -hmm. And so you want it so bad. You're even, let's say you didn't have $20 in the account. You only had $20 left. You're calling friends. You're calling mom. You're calling grandma. Can I borrow 20 bucks till payday? Okay. Why? Just, I need the money because you saw so much value in what she was selling. So when the customer is on the lot, and you build so much value that it, it passes the value, the price they're at, you're asking. If the, if the, if the Jeep Wrangler is 30 grand and you're telling them all oh, Bluetooth and Apple CarPlay and it can do this and it's got lockers and it can do that, that, that. And now it's worth 40. How fast do they want to get in that showroom and make a deal? As soon as possible. Yeah. So those people that you said earlier that follow you right in, mm -hmm. you built value that surpassed the price. That's why it was easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Any questions on on uh, how to get a customer in the showroom? No, that actually has been really helpful. Um, a lot of the time, with the customers that I find out on the lot while I'm walking, or we have a we have a camera that we have set out there, so when we, somebody pulls in and starts driving around, we we go out and try to get them. And my main issue has been, it's almost very similar to trying to get an appointment through the phone, where they're trying to find something very specific. And they're not and, stopping, and they're they're not stopping. Some of them just drive past me, and I realize that's a battle I can't, I, I can't fight. But the ones who do stop and ask me for a very specific model, um, I I struggle with okay. just trying to get them into find something that they like other than the one that they're exactly looking for. I'm going to help you with a few a few tricks because that happened to me when I was on the sales floor. So mm -hmm. what I would do is, first and foremost, I wouldn't be in a huddle outside. Customers will drive past the huddle. They don't want nothing to do with 10 salespeople. They don't mm -hmm. want nothing to do with three salespeople. Okay. They can barely stand one, one salesperson. So if you're in a huddle and you try to break out of, if here's the huddle, here's a car driving by and you try to break out, they're going to drive right past. It's too intimidating. Mm -hmm. So stay away from any huddles. But what you got to do, if this is the drive, if my ring side is the driver's side, I don't know if it's mm -hmm. flipped or Okay. And you're over here by the, the showroom. And they're starting to drive from back here. You need to get out there and get onto the driver's side immediately. And when they start getting near you, you need to wave. You need to wave at them. Yeah. Now, if they blow by you, hey, at least you tried. Mm -hmm. You may, your ego may be hurt. Your feelings might be hurt. You might be like, son of a gun, right? Yeah. And and it's like you want to, you're mad a little bit. They didn't mean they're so rude. Customers are so rude. It's not that they're rude. They're scared. Mm -hmm. They're scared. Okay. When I go to the store, I'm a customer. I don't, I'm not rude. I don't turn into a rude guy all of a sudden. I'm just a normal family guy, Kyle, that if I see a bunch of people that are intimidating, I'm going to go buy them. I'm not trying to be rude. So don't take it as that. Take it as they're scared of you. You're a professional salesperson. They're scared of, that you're going to talk them into a car. But if the car's coming this way, get over there, get in front and wave at them. And most likely they're going to stop. <laughs> now, here's another trick. It's going a little far, but if uh, if you want to just have some fun and keep your day energized, go like this to their car, and they're going to slow down and stop and, and go to the front of their hood and go like that and be like, man, there was a giant bug on your hood. There was no bug, not on their hood where they can see it, like on their grill. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a big old bug on there. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
it sounds so cheesy and so corny but if they're gonna drive through and not give you a shot you might as well try something mm-hmm. now, of course don't jump in front of their car but if let's so let's say Juan's coming at me right now right and you're driving and you're intimidated by all these salespeople, and I'm like you're gonna what slow down a little bit yeah yeah especially if I look at your bumper and be like oh crap what's on my bumper and be like And then move on. And and then they're going to be like, what was it? I'm like, dude, there was this giant bug. I thought it was a, I don't know what the heck it was. It flew under your car. Oh my gosh. It, Yeah, it's crazy one, but didn't you get in the car business to have some fun? I actually did. I did. Yeah, man, this is what we do. And people mm-hmm. are going to be like, what the heck did you do? Oh, it's just a trick I, I learned. Try it. If, if, you're, if you're bored at work and the guy's not seeming to stop, just try it. If now what he will do if you try it, he's going to stop and say, What was that? Oh, yeah. M1, by the way. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in our dealership. I was hoping you'd stop or, you know, something. And then later you can tell him after he's signing, there was no bug. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be great. You know how many times I've I've done stuff like that with customers and they're laughing like, Are you serious? I go, Yeah, (laughs) there was no bug. (laughs) Right. I'm just having fun. Mm -hmm. So when you go to work, have have passion have energy have product knowledge try to help people and have fun okay we're almost at an hour i think okay the last one uh not being able to qualify for vehicles um that that does happen some things are out of your power if a customer has bad credit mm-hmm. what can you do about it not nothing i can't do anything at that there's, point there, there's two things that you can't control as a salesperson and even me as a sales manager I can't control what the bank says and I can't control the credit score of the customer. Mm-hmm. I can control how much I, how many closes I use. I can control the price. I can control the incentives. There's lots of things I can control as a sales manager, but I can't control their credit score and I can't control the banks. I can try to influence the banks, but I can't control them. So don't beat yourself up too hard if you can't get them approved for something. But if you can't, don't be so quick to let them go. <laughs> Fight for another car, right? What are you going to do? Let them leave and go get a fresh up? There is no fresh ups. Yeah. Hey, listen, folks, I can't get you approved on this, but that doesn't mean I'm done working. Let me see if we can find something by the direction of my finance manager that's 10 grand cheaper. And it may not be the perfect vehicle for you right now, but let's get you back to where you can come in and say, I want that car. Don't worry about my credit. It's perfect. Let's get you back to that. So you kind of paint a vision of this vehicle is just a stepping stone. Okay. Yeah. It's not a cool all wheel drive uh, charger with the, the boss or the Bose. What's that beats audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a Chrysler 200 with a moonroof, but don't, don't think that you're in the Chrysler 200 for the rest of eternity. Let's get you built back up to where you can come in and buy as many cars as you want. Now, where you can improve your odds is asking more questions on the lot. Don't just let a, and this is common for a new person. Customer says, oh, I like that car. Let's go drive it. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Let's, let's get, get me approved. And you didn't ask any questions. <laughs> ask questions like, so where do you work? Well, if you find out where they work, you can kind of gauge what kind of income they have. So let's say we're looking at a $40,000 uh, Dodge Ram or a Ram truck. And you're the customer, okay? And you Juan comes in and says, hey, I want to get approved for that truck. I have 1,000 down. And I'm a new guy. Okay, let's go drive it. All right, let's go work the numbers. 
an experienced guy is going to slow him down a little bit and say, okay, well, excellent. What made you pick this truck? Oh, I really like the Ram trucks with the Hemi. Oh man, they're great. Are you pulling anything, any kind of weight? Or do you like the feel of the Hemi? I like the feel of the Hemi. Are you going to be using it for work or for personal use? Uh, I drive to work, you know, and personal use. Oh, where do you work? Oh, I work at McDonald's. Oh, cool. What do you do there? Oh, I work part-time. Um, uh, I'm a cook. Okay, so in your head, without prejudging them, because you know, he made a got an inheritance, but what are the chances? Very small. So you got a guy that has a thousand down looking at a four forty thousand dollar truck that works at McDonald's as a as a cook part time. What can we assume about that car deal right then and there? It's not most likely not going to go through. Yeah. So. Now you can, and he's already told you only he has a thousand down. So it's not like he can put 25,000 down in instant approval. doesn't matter his income. Mm -hmm. He's told you I got a thousand down and let's say he didn't. Oh, you work at McDonald's. That's cool. How many hours of work do you week or how many hours, how many <laughs> hours a week do you work? Oh, I work 20. Oh, it's part-time. Okay. Then you can say, were you thinking about putting any money down? You're not trying to prejudge him or desk the deal on the lot, but you're just asking questions. So you don't waste his time or yours. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got a thousand down in your head. He makes, he makes uh 500 a week and he, or maybe less 500 a week. He's got a thousand down. He's looking at a $40,000 truck. So asking questions is actually what's going to help you in those scenarios. Okay. When you've had these scenarios come up, what has it been that customer that says, I like this car to get me approved. Yeah, it has. And, um, I go up to my manager. We, we talk and he's just like, yeah, there's just nothing we can do. Uh, but I, I I haven't tried to get him into a different car because I'm just so intimidated that they're already upset that they didn't get approved for the car they wanted. So I don't even bring it up and we let them go. Yeah. So that's, a, um, it, it's a knock on the, on us as a car guy, right? It's mm -hmm. that we let them leave. We didn't try our best. They end up driving down the street and picking out a $10,000 car, getting approved and they buy it. We lost the sale there. Someone else did the, the the questions that we weren't willing to ask. So before you get to that point, if they're real gung-ho about it, you don't want to slow them down like, whoa, 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 let's see if we need, if you even qualify. No, you start asking little sneaky questions to find out, oh, using it for personal or for work? Oh, for work. Oh, where do you work at? And then you start piecing together. Yeah, I work at the architect uh, firm. I'm, a, I'm an engineer okay, let's take this thing for a drive. He can afford a $40,000 truck. You don't even need to bring up down payment. It might offend him actually. Okay. So you just need to ask more questions. So um, ask more questions on the lot before you break break their hearts inside and get them all hop, hopped up. Now, if, now, one of the things I used to say on the car lot is the reason why I'm asking so many questions it may sound like, what does he need to know all this? Is because I don't want to set you up for failure. I don't want to get you so hyped up on this truck, tell you everything about it. You're you're dying to have it, and I go and I have to get you declined from a bank. A bank says no. I don't want to do that to you. That's why I'm asking these questions. And based mm -hmm. on your answers, you probably need to be looking at something that's half the price. Now, don't let that discourage you because I have nice vehicles that are half the price. Unless you have a, a major cosigner or, or or something that's drastic. Oh, I got 25,000 down. Okay, let's go for a test drive, right? Mm -hmm. But asking those questions started getting more information out of them. So you got to ask questions and never let a customer leave until you've exhausted all vehicles, all avenues until they're like, listen, I got to go. Okay, Mr. Mm -hmm. Customer, I'm trying to help you. Okay. If you break their heart and they can't get approved, 
give them an option two. Option two is my boss says he thinks he can get you approved on something that's around 20 grand. Let's try something there as a stepping stool to get a stepping stone to get you to the nice one. This is not a permanent vehicle. This is so you can build up your credit. Ask the ask a lot of questions, but try to stay away from desking a deal on the lot. What kind of payment yeah. do you look for? You know, that you start boxing yourself into a problem there when you, mm -hmm. when you try to desk. You're just more asking questions without them knowing why. You know, oh, you work at McDonald's? Okay, cool. Oh, you work at Wendy's? Okay. Not knocking those jobs, but as a professional, we have to ask questions so we don't set them up for failure. Just like when you go to the dentist and you say, my tooth hurts. What if he doesn't ask what tooth it is? He just starts drilling. Yeah. that's Right? So a, a dentist as a professional has to ask, okay, what's going on? Well, my jaw's hurting right here. And I think it's this tooth. And he gets his little mirrors out. It's like ask, he's, he's investigating for you. Mm -hmm. How long has it been hurting? Oh, a couple months. Okay. All right. It's this tooth. He taps on. Oh, that's the one. That's all you're doing for your customers. You're asking questions to help qualify them for the right vehicle. Mm -hmm. I know that one was a little bit shorter, but no, it's okay. Questions are the are are going to be your your best friend on the lot when you get people that are trying to qualify. Mm -hmm. An hour goes by so fast when we do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, but I feel like this really helped me out a lot, and I caught myself being exactly like you said, an order taker, where somebody would just be like, I would. I want this car that's going on for a drive and I would just grab the keys and we'd go and then it, we'd go nowhere. Yeah. It, 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 you know what? And I ran across all that stuff when I was in car sales. Uh, yeah. I've been a sales manager now for four years, but I was, I was a salesman for 17 years. I started selling when I was uh, 17 years old mm -hmm. and I'm 20, I'm 40 now. So that's 23 years of selling car business is about 20. So any scenario that you have gone through Juan, I have probably gone through also. And the, the the fact of the matter is you just need to stay positive, stay out of the huddle. And if you truly want to make that money, you want to make over a hundred thousand a year. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Then you got to start acting like it and you got to start practicing like it. You think about the, the esport gamer. He practices 10,000 hours before the tournament. Mm-hmm. So after the podcast, I know it's a little bit later where you're at, but when you're at home, that's when you practice verbiages. Hey, folks, I understand um, you said you're just looking today, and I totally get that, right? How many objections can you practice at home? I know you said the payment needs to be at 500 or less, but let me at least see where we're going to be at based on 72 months now, you know, and and use your mouth at home. Talk out loud. Your your people that live with you might think you're crazy right but yeah. you got to be a little crazy to be successful in the car business so embrace mm -hmm. it all right now do you have any questions before we end it no no I, I like i said i think this really helped me out a lot and i'm really glad we got to do this um and i feel like your podcast i started i started listening to it the second i got the call that i got the job and i feel like that helped me a lot to get on the sales floor up and running i finished my training in a week and then tried my hardest to start selling something and right now I'm sitting at five cars and in my head, I told myself in my first month, I want to sell four cars and I ended up selling five and my next goal, it would be 10 cars for next month. So I just feel like it's just been great having your help and the guidance that I would have never gotten just from the online training and my managers. So I really, I really do got to thank you for that. Hey, no problem. 
you know, um, you're on your way to greatness. The only thing that can derail you is you, mm -hmm. right? You're, and when you have those paychecks that are gigantic, guess who you blame? You blame yourself. Oh, look mm -hmm. at this check, man. You, you go inside the bank to deposit that one. Yeah. Go to the, the teller. He's a little cute. I like to deposit my paycheck. Holy moly, <laughs> 12,000 bucks. Where the heck do you work? But when you get that small check, you want to blame everybody else. Oh, no, that it's advertising. It's the economy, right? But you sure will take the blame when it's a big fat check. But mm -hmm. it seems like salespeople, when the check is small, they want to blame everything else. So, yeah. so practice and and the some of the scariest salespeople I've met are the guys that are goal-driven. I will hit 10 cars this month. I don't care what it takes. So next month when it starts, tell yourself that. Break it down. I'm going to hit 10 cars. And if you want to send me a message when you sell a car so I can see where you're at, send it to me. I'd love to be a part of, of your February to make sure you hit your 10 cars, okay? Nothing. I really do appreciate that. All right, Juan. I appreciate you hiring me for this podcast episode. Awesome. I really do appreciate it. All right, my friend. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Juan. All right. Thank you, Kyle. You have a good night. All right, man.